Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode. Now, it is my absolute pleasure and privilege to introduce the pint size powerhouse, the one and only pro athlete <laughs> of Team V, uh, is the one and only Clara. How are we doing today? Good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Hey, that's not a problem. I thought we got a question actually um, about four weeks ago, and a guy had said, get a client on and talk about something you know talk about the, the prep itself i've decided that we would have you on uh, to talk mm-hmm. about your perspective and then mine so i thought it was quite fitting considering that we did things a lot differently this year yeah than, than we did last year and um it turned out for the better and you know for those of you that don't know if you've been living under a rock uh, clara <laughs> clara did win uh, a regional UKUP, and then she did the british finals where she exceeded expectations finished third in both the fitness model category and women's bikini and then was awarded her pro status so fucking yes is yes. <laughs> is, is my main thing um that was a, a very proud moment for yourself i'm sure and it was for me as well i was sitting there in the crowd like trying not to cry like putting my head, <laughs> putting my head up um, and everything like that but there might still be some people out there who don't know too much about you so for those that don't uh, can you just kind of give everyone brief history of sort of who you are your bodybuilding career to date um, and then throw in a little bit about your education your expertise um, because not enough people will know about that okay so uh, well again thank you so much for having me on it's a true privilege especially given the caliber of other guests you've had on the podcast and um, so my name is Clara as you've said and I've been competing in bodybuilding. Well, I competed for the first time last year in September as a junior at PCA Manchester. And then I competed again this year in ladies bikini at both a, well, both with PCA and with a UKUP. And I did the PCA Midland show and didn't place there. But then I went on to do the UKUP Northern show. And as you said, one the fitness model category and came third in bikini and then uh, won my pro card on both categories by placing third at the British finals. Um, So that's kind of my history in bodybuilding, but I've kind of been training in the gym on and off for the last six years, although I wish I'd I'd hired a coach when I started and I wish I knew what I was doing for the first, you know, four and a bit years. Um, Because it, you know, wasn't until I really started working with yourself that I learned about progressive overload, proper execution, proper nutrition, um, and that kind of got me to, to where I am today, I guess. And in terms of my education, I have an undergrad in psychology, and in mid-September, well, the day after my first show with PCA at <laughs> in the Midlands, I completed my master's in sport and exercise psychology, and I'm currently a stage two trainee in sport and exercise psychology. So yeah, that's me. It was pretty damn amazing. I still remember the check-in that you were like, I'm sure it was a Saturday, and you were like, Vaughn, I submitted my dissertation yesterday. And yeah. And you like, competed on the Sunday. Yeah. It, it's fucking mental. I, I, I literally don't know anyone <laughs> that has done that, could do that, or would be willing to do that, because when I was at uni, I was just interested in just going out and getting drunk and playing basketball, let alone doing a bodybuilding show. But your success in, like, two years is phenomenal and there was a question asked by Rebecca and I'm just going to chuck this one in now Mm -hmm. Um, she wants to know 
what's the long-term goal? I know you and me talked about this the other week. Yeah. Um, but she wants to know what's the long-term goal. And let's just talk strictly from like a, a bodybuilding career. Or is there, is, isn't, is, is there one is, or isn't there one? There's definitely a long-term goal. I think, I mean, I'd like to take bodybuilding as far as, as I can take it. You know, be the best that I can be within the sport and sort of see how how much how much more I can improve. Um, so I'm taking next year off. So in much need of a long off season, especially to bring up areas uh, that are sort of lacking in my physique. So you know, as always, upper body uh, delts, and then you know, for any bikini girl, you know, glutes and hamstrings. So I've got a plan in place for the next year and a half, I guess now to build those up and then hit the stage back again in 2021. I've not decided exactly yet whether I want to do UKUP Pro shows, uh, purely because that's in May. They usually do that one in Body Power, whereas I'd much rather compete towards the end of the year just so prep backed up with finals becomes a bit not as long. You'd have to do two preps in a year. Um, But that decision hasn't really been made yet. Um, And I guess my long-term goal is to you know, get to British finals with a federation like PCA um, and place in the top three. That's definitely what I'm working towards. And I think both uh, me and Yvonne have, you know, with the, with the things we've got in place, we, we've got a plan. Um, and all we need to do now is for the next year and two years, in fact, is execute it to the best of our ability. So, yeah. Yeah, I think Clara's been pretty humble there. Uh, we, <laughs> we set out a goal, uh, I think it was about five, six days ago on the phone, yeah. That, that had you winning that PCA British <laughs> title in 2021. So don't be coy, don't be shy. <laughs> That's not what we're about. But also, uh, we sort of mapped out a plan that would perhaps take you into the IFBB, like abroad, mm-hmm. yeah. from like almost your hometown. Um, yeah. And I think that although the plan could change, like mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know, Clara is very much like me. You give her something to do, she's a robot, she goes and does it, she gets shit done, she ticks the boxes. Um, and you only need to look at the last eight weeks of prep to understand that you just just do that. You know, if for yeah. those of you don't know, Clara checked in every single day um, in her pants. Uh, I I've seen so many photos over the past two years, but what it meant was that she didn't lose one ounce of tissue. And I'd literally put that no. story up last night. And this is why I, was, I asked you for that mm-hmm. um, sort of show to show comparison because yeah. there was four weeks between the qualifier and the finals five five for the uk up and there was five weeks in the ndm five which is nuts so if we think back to last year like we would have done things a lot differently i I know i would have i would have just yeah i would have been like that right let's get you on high cardio let's get fucking on the stairmaster yeah and and let's get you you know on low food but Mm -hmm. i guess now, from your perspective, I'll give my perspective at the end, but for anyone listening out there, if you can talk them through just sort of this prep itself, you know, the changes that occurred with your calories, your training, mm-hmm. but I think because of your psychology base, it'd be quite good for you to go into, you know, your emotions, your your body image, and I'm talking like at the end of prep when you were checking in, you're lean as a bean, you're like, oh my God, I'm so fat, <laughs> right? Um you know, just talk us through like that from sort of week one of prep um, to becoming a, a pro athlete. Okay, um, take a seat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, 
So this prep, it was a 24-week prep in the end. Um, and I think the main difference was that at the beginning, I kind of already knew what to expect. Because uh, I'd prepped the year before, um, I was sort of able to brace myself a little better and, you know, tell myself that I know it is going to get hard eventually. I know kind of what's coming. Um, and almost set that expectation for myself from the beginning. So I've got this quote um that I always refer back to that I had as a screen a screen background on my phone, which is, and I've got it in a post-it right in front of me, um, which says, inspired by commitment, challenged by discipline, and driven by integrity. And that's kind of the values that I kept going back to throughout this whole prep. So before I started, um, I actually recorded a voice note for myself uh, that I never ended up listening to throughout prep, but it was just a reflection of telling myself, yeah, I know what's going to come, and I've done it before, and if anything, having done it before, I can sort of leverage on that experience to make this one more enjoyable. Um, so my focus was on just enjoying and being better. Um, and the way it started was, you know, calories got dropped, as always. It wasn't too dramatic. Um, in fact, I remember sending Yvonne a photo of my first sort of food shop of prep, and it was essentially the same foods I'd been eating in my off-season, just slightly less of it, uh, which in my mind showed to me that I'd, you know, nailed my off-season in terms of, you know, keeping food high volume, lots of veggies, and just sort of changing that throughout, and then I remember my week, my weight stalled after two weeks, and I was like, no, already getting frustrated, um, but, you know, we put things in place, and, you know, I did have quite a few social events throughout, I was finishing my master's course I had my final exams in there I had quite a few nights out with my classmates um where I was you know still able to go out sober obviously um but I didn't let prep limit me from enjoying day-to-day -day things especially in the first you know three four months where I did have more energy and I didn't want to just hide away and become a hermit um so I really made sure to keep that balance in there and then Kind of as the weeks went by, it just became a matter of focusing on the day-to-day, -day. Um, especially because I was writing my master's thesis alongside it, so collecting data, doing data analysis, writing it up, um, and I made sure that the gym almost facilitated that or provided a break from, from my uni work rather than stressing about getting my workouts in and doing this and doing that. I'd always kind of train in the morning first thing go to the library or come back home and study and then perhaps go back and do my cardio at the end of the day after sitting on a disc um, for, for many, many hours. Um, so yeah, and then in terms of my mindset, as I said at the beginning, I sort of knew what to expect in many ways. Obviously, every prep is different, uh, but I knew what was going to be required of me. So many things like my own self-talk I was very very aware of it I was very paying a lot of attention to the way I was speaking to myself in terms of how much like I'm, am I encouraging myself am I being the biggest cheerleader for myself right now um and if not what do I need to do in order to make that possible um there was many many times that I'd finish a leg workout you know go in do my 15 to 20 minutes of posing you know, shaking like Bambi, and then I knew I had 45 minutes on the Staymaster coming at me, and all I wanted to do was go into the bathroom and sit on the toilet and sob and feel sorry for myself, but what I did instead was just step on it, understand that the first minute was just going to be disgusting, but, you know, putting a 
playlist with my favorite songs in place, um, you know, the voice inside my head, just sort of rehearsing conversations with myself, just telling myself I'm strong, you know, I'm empowered, this is what I want to do, and sort of using that almost as a repeat until I could focus on something else, until I could distract myself with something else. Um, and, you know, you always know that by the time you step off that Stairmaster, regardless of how difficult it was, regardless of how disgusting the workout was, um, you just feel so proud of yourself. And I really made sure to acknowledge that feeling too, to remind myself, you know, this is how good it feels. Like, that's it. You've accomplished another day. And now you're another day close. It doesn't matter how you're going to feel tomorrow. It's about today you did what you had to do today and you feel great for it. So take that energy into the next day and hope that, you know, you don't feel too shitty. And if you do, just repeat that same self-talk. Yeah, and I think, like, from my perspective, at, at the start, it was just like it would be with any sort of prep. You know, if you're 20, mm-hmm. 20 weeks out, um, there's not a need to sort of check in every single day and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I still remember the messages, and this happened a few occasions where, like, I don't know, I'd be doing a sort of check in between one to ones or that, or, you know, making my cream of rice, and you text me with, like, Vaughn, I'm sitting in the bathroom of the gym crying. I'm, I'm so proud of myself. And, like, yeah. that is brilliant because too many people, and this is particularly in, in competition prep, mm-hmm. like, they just put themselves down and they, yeah. they feel like, okay, they have, like, a shitty session, so they feel like they've let themselves down, they've let their coach down, the world's way to end and, and whatnot mm-hmm. without actually you know giving themselves a pat on the back and yeah that was something that like last year you know I probably I'd went through a prep myself but I I'd never sort of coached people um because mm. this is really technically in the second year yeah but, but not only that I think what would be good to touch on is how you kind of got in your own head a little bit towards the end of prep yeah so you, you um, give your perspective first and I'll tell you I'll tell you what mine was yeah, I think it's, um, I, I don't want to say normal uh, to set the expectation, but when you've been dieting for that long, towards the end, it's almost like, like as much as it is physical fatigue, it's also psychological fatigue, and you can't really tell left from right by the time you've been that lean for that long. Um, you know, and especially when you have been that lean for that long, even the smallest change in food timing or sleep um or you know even cycle and you know anything really stress it can have an impact on on the way your body looks and feels um but again i think it's because you've been in that headspace for so long you you know it's difficult to sometimes pull your head out your own ass (laughs) and you just need that external pair of eyes to sort of shake you up and remind you why you know, re- remind you that you're just being ridiculous, which I think is why I was so grateful, even though towards the end, I'm not going to lie, it was a bit of a pain in the ass to check in every single day. I'm so grateful for it because on the days where I felt great, I was able to share that with you. But then also on the days where I woke up and I was like, oh, actually, I'm not sure. Immediately, you were able to nip it in the bud and say, you know, stop being silly. And you'd send me immediately a comparison of the day before where I said I was feeling great. And you know, I was able to see that I looked exactly the same, if not better. Yeah. Um, so I think it's um, just a matter of 
towards the end, you are just going to be exhausted. Like, it is what it is. It's a pretty extreme sport. You're taking your body places it doesn't really want to go. You're taking your head places it doesn't want to go. Um, so it's about also being kind to yourself. And obviously, I say this in hindsight, it's so much easier. Uh, but about allowing, acknowledging those feelings, but that's the reason you've got a coach. You've got that coach there to be the voice of reason when you're when you just can't tell what you look like you you just can't really see it because you've looked at that lean for so long um so yeah i mean i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad you said that about pulling your head out your arse because i don't know how many times i actually messaged you (laughs) saying those exact words during prep but like for me like any coach you know that you need to coach someone differently and Mm. don't get me wrong i'll coach men and women and like I've got some guys that are the complete opposite of yourself. Like some guys, mm-hmm. else they need one response a week and they just go and they just do it and they don't stress yeah. and blah blah blah. However, I just knew this is from, from sort of last year's prep and, and in the off season and whatnot mm-hmm. that for those that don't know Clara, right? She she she'd wake up and she'd look in the mirror. Now she'd probably look absolutely shredded and look fucking brilliant, but because she's had she's eaten a little bit, night she feels a little bit bloated. So then she goes, oh my fucking God, the scales are up half a kilo and the world's going to end and I'm just going to die, right? Now, (laughs) you can just imagine if she's that lean and she's in her own head. Let's say as a coach, they just want you to check in once or twice a week. So Mm. let's say Clara thinks this on uh, a Monday and our check-in's on a Friday, right? (laughs) Then that thought process spirals into the Tuesday and then... She breaks a nail on the Tuesday, so life's over, life's, life's ending, mm-hmm. right? And it just spirals to this sort of negativity yeah. over it, to the checking day. And then on the checking day, it's just like, blah, 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 and there's so much yeah. info and, and emotion coming out that one day. Whereas mm-hmm. what I felt is that you could wake up, you'd look in the mirror, you'd have these little Clara moments that we call them, yeah. right? But you, you took your photos, you sent them over. I just went, shut up, because... <laughs> You think you look worse than yesterday, but you actually look a bit better. Or, yeah. like, you know, we put X amount more carbs in and fucking look at you and you go, oh, but my weight's up half a kilo. And I go, yeah, but you look way better. You know what I mean? So yeah. from my perspective, that was why I got you to check in every single day. And then plus as well, learning from last year and, and whatnot is that we would lose tissue if we didn't get you checking every day. Like for those that you don't know, um, I've said this so many times on Instagram story, two weeks before Clara's first show, I think calories were averaging about 900 across the week. Now, yeah. that's super low, for, but for those of you that don't know, like, unfortunately, bikini girls don't really eat a lot, and to get the condition that they need to get in... Clara, it is what it is. Like, Clara's about four foot eleven on a good day, right? So yeah. uh, food it ain't ever going to be that high. But what we managed to do was, and I think cardio was like 280 minutes. 240, I think, something minutes, like right? that, yeah. Which is great. Which high, is, ridiculously yeah, high. Which, which is yeah. crazy. Um from two weeks out in that first show I think I was in Mexico I remember I said to you right no more cardio switch to the walking incline put your foot up and mm. you just went what what, what, what do you mean what, what do you mean I you <laughs> right so, so Clara goes right cool five minutes pass and then I get another Facebook notification hey Vaughn just checking you're really really sure that I, I, I need to eat more me yeah and <laughs> an hour passes Vaughn I just want to check again are you sure Clara just fucking eat it and just stopped stopped in the stairs, right? So we went from like 900 calories average. And then if 
I know that you, I didn't tell you what the calories were, but I gave you your macros, right? Yeah, the uh, macros, At the yeah. end of prep, that was like 1450. Mm -hmm. You know, because mm -hmm. carbs were in the region of 200. Now, in the first two weeks of that first show, you just got leaner and leaner and leaner. And then after the first show, food was even higher. You, yeah. could, you, you just you maintained it. And after that, you continued to get leaner into your photo shoot. Mm -hmm. And then when you sent me that sort of one, two, three comparison, it was just like, that's why we fucking checking every day. Exactly, exactly. And I'm so grateful, you know, I always say, even in those small days where, you know, where I was kind of not questioning your ability to coach me, obviously, but the kind of, you're so used to having such low calories and like every, you know, few weeks when you check in, calories going down and cardio going up. Then when the opposite happens, you're just like, wait, wait a minute, are we sure? Like, I'm not sure about this, but then obviously... When I saw the changes in my physique, I was like, ah, yeah. this is why you have a coach. This is why you trust what they say. You don't try and not second guess it, but that's why when you follow a plan to a T and you communicate with your coach constantly and tell them everything that's going on, then, you know, you can't, um, you can't control what you don't measure. So if you're following a plan to a T then, and, and your coach knows that you've got that you're following that plan to a T, then they can make those manipulations and know exactly where to pinpoint those changes. And it gives us the ability to use that as feedback and say, okay, well, when we decrease cardio and increase food, this happened. And because we know that you followed that exactly, then we know that if we continue to do this and if we check in on a day-to-day -day basis based on what you're training today, what you're not training today and whatnot, then we know exactly what result that's going to produce in the, the day after and you know throughout those five weeks in between shows specifically you know we were able to maintain muscle um keep me at you know a comfortable place kind of not too far off stage weight but not too far um closer that i still felt kind of alive <laughs> um and you know smoothly transitioned through peak weeks you know get the physique ready for when it needed to be ready not before not after um so so it was 100%, you know, 1,000% worth it. And, yeah, for anyone out there listening, just trust your coach. Don't second guess. And there's a reason you're paying someone to help you with your prep and with your weight loss and lifestyle change. Trust what they say. Um, if it sounds completely ludicrous, question them and they should be able to give you an answer. Um, and if they can't, maybe then start looking around. But for the most part, if you trust your coach and follow what they say, um, you're in good hands for sure. I think I think what's good to point out is that your reaction is the same from everyone. Mm. Like, like, because I know this was your second time, but a lot of the first timers from last year, I, I coached differently. Yeah. So when I started coaching them this way this year, they were just kind of like, "But that's different to last year." I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Just trust me." You know what I mean? Yeah. And it got to the point where because we'd seen so much. Mm -hmm. of you on a day-to-day -day basis whatever we saw on that given day I just knew in my exactly. head exactly yeah. the numbers with food and with steps and cardio yeah. we needed to do mm -hmm. to get a certain look tomorrow so yeah. like Clara comes off stage I think your first stage it was about 45 and a half and so, like, 46 and a half the first stage weight actually and then 45 and a half for the next two okay so like, two ones yeah about 46 and a half so we sort of tightened up a little bit for the second the second yeah. show um, and then because you'd you'd won at like that regional i just went 
we don't need to get any leaner. Like, mm-hmm. we, we're all good here. All we need to do is, is simply maintain. Yeah. But any athlete, because in the back of your mind you're thinking, I've been digging for, you, know, you said it was 24 weeks, but let's say before the first show it was like 18. 18, 19, yeah. Right, so all you've been doing is digging, digging, digging. And you just think in the back of your mind, I need to dig a little bit more. Yeah. But then sometimes because, and here's just a, a plug, for those mm. of you that haven't listened to the episode on stress with Luke, go listen to it and you'll understand why we were able to put calories up and yeah. really get leaner. <laughs> but it seems like the, you know, it seems illogical to do. However, that will only work if someone is absolutely peeled and ready. Like, yeah. And and I and I've not done that with every athlete this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like you you are one of the one of the few that I've been able to do that with. Um, but for the most part, was was that. Like, like Clara was good at communicating with me and mm-hmm. so many times you would message me hey coach I'm really sorry but right and how many times did I messaged back saying never fucking apologise for messaging yeah. me because you need that communication you need that information and end of the day you did by the end yeah. of prep just saying I, at this time this is where I would usually be at with my cycle. You know, we mm. speak about digestion, bowel movements, this, that, and the next thing. And it just meant that I could logically explain to you what was going on. I'd mm. be like, right, Clara, you've just went and smashed legs. Sympathetic drive is really fucking high. This is why your weight's up. That's okay, because yeah. we're going to hold. I think we held you about 47 kilos, you know, yes, maybe, yeah. maybe 47 and a half. And that was the plan. I was like, we can't just maintain at 45.5 and be ready for a month. I said, well, we'll let you go. But we think back to that session at Extreme, uh-huh. you, me and Steve. After that, you were like, I think, think on that day, you were like, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I woke up not feeling great. <laughs> I waited at 46.9. And I just went, Clara, you're training legs today. It will be down tomorrow. Stop worrying about the scale weight. And then the next day... It was down. Exactly. Blah, Magic. Blah. Yeah. And then everyone's like that, oh, Vaughn, you're a wizard. That's amazing. I go, no, no, no. I'm just good at noticing trends. Yeah. And this is why, like, it was easy enough in the first few weeks to notice trends, know what was going on. And then by the mm-hmm. end, I didn't need to scroll back and see what had happened. I just no. just knew, all right, this is this is what's going on. But there'll be so many girls out there that'll still be wondering, oh, my God, but, you know, my coach got me doing this card and this and this and the next thing. This what we've just described is totally personal to Clara. So yeah. please don't be thinking that you need to go do that. I would always just say, have order with your coach. And I, yeah. I I love it when people ask me why. Von, why is this yeah. work? Why am I on more food and it gets leaner? Cool, here's a fucking seven minute voice note on <laughs> on, Take it, yeah. on how it works. No, but I think, sorry to chip in there, I do think it's really important to be able to question your coach and for your coach and to expect that your coach is going to give you uh, a seven minute voice note if that's what it requires, because especially when you're prepping, you're, you know, you just need that, you you know, you're functioning at minimum level, you just need someone to have a clear answer to explain why things are happening um, and to be able to trust that, because if you don't know why your food's being cut if you don't know why your cut is being put up or if you don't know why the opposite is happening then that's just going to add stress and again stress is just going to make everything what is already a difficult process even harder um so yeah just to reiterate what you were going to say there yeah now we've obviously talked the first part of the podcast about the success of of this year and and Mm -hmm. whatnot but if we were to talk about 
you know, food in general. Now, I, I know this on quite a detailed mm. level, but not a lot of people do. Um, can you kind of give the listeners an idea of, or your background behind what your relationship with food used to be like? Because now it's so strong, right? You're on top of it. You're in control of it. Um, but if you could kind of, and this is, this is very common within sort of com- competition prep, uh, yeah. particularly bikini girls. So can you just give us a little bit of an insight on that, you know, whether we want to call it a poor relationship with food or what the relationship with food mm-hmm. was like? You know, sort of where did it stem from? But most importantly, like how you overcame it? Yeah, of course. Um, so I guess, I mean, it goes back quite a while. Now, I don't remember ever liking the way I look, even as a kid, as a young kid, you know, when I was about 10 or 11. I've kept a journal since then. Um, and I think, yeah, I was about 11 years old the first time I wrote that I was fat. Now, bearing in mind, I've never been fat. I've never carried excess weight. Um, I clearly just had something going on there was self-esteem you know call it body dysmorphia I'd never really been diagnosed but also because I never really disclosed it to anybody um so that you know over time it was just kind of like a chip on my shoulder I just never liked the way I looked uh and when I was 16 I developed an eating disorder um bulimia specifically and it didn't last like I wasn't ill for a very long time I think it was about six to seven months before I told my family um and pretty quickly we were able to sort of get over the I guess the surface symptoms of you know making yourself sick and whatnot but the feeling of not being too happy with the way I looked never really went away and then I went to university moved to Scotland started going to the gym and even though I started weightlifting and I felt really empowered and quite strong my main motivation was always lose weight look thinner like the way I look kind of thing um and with a lot of things going up and down within university, I developed like pretty bad anxiety, quite bad stress. Again, never formally diagnosed because I never disclosed it to anyone explicitly. I always just kept it to myself. Um, when I got into my final year of uni in fourth year, I started binging. So I that's when I kind of had started to learn more about macros and calories. And what I started doing was massively over restrict Monday to Friday smash the gym I'd be there you know six or you know 7 30 in the morning or whatnot every day before class boom I'd nail my nutrition um as I said a ridiculous deficit looking back and then I'd wake up on a Saturday morning knowing it was my quote-unquote cheat day and I'd be you know at Tesco at eight o'clock in the morning buying all sorts of shit um and would just sit there and you know, effectively binge, not all day, but for the length of the day that I could. And then it comes to the end of the weekend and I would be feeling disgusted at myself, uh, disappointed again, just that self-perpetuating cycle. And it would just repeat itself week up on week up on week. And then I, excuse me, managed to lose some weight towards the end of the uni year sort of in you know with graduation coming up again I didn't know much about nutrients and macros and whatnot but I knew what a calorie deficit ish was so I was able to lose some weight and then when I graduated and moved to Edinburgh um I started working in a job that I hated and I would literally take my gym gear with me to um to work and then I'd walk past the gym after work and stop at every single little shop supermarket bakery and spend about 30 quid on a you know 30 minute up walk to the last bus stop that I could get I'd get on the bus having eaten you know a whole bunch of shit get home and still order pizza and whatnot and the thing is that 
I never told anyone I was doing that because I was doing it on my own. No one knew. I wasn't going into a shop and spending 30 quid on crap in one go either. It was like pretty strategic. Um, and it just got to a point towards the end of 2017 where I was just sick of it. I was just miserable. Um, I wasn't happy. I'd ran two half marathons that year for an eating disorder charity, ironically <laughs> enough. Um, and I just kind of, I started working in the fitness industry as a Zumba instructor and it made me realize the power that I had sort of standing in front of other people, other women specifically. Um, and I realized that the message that I wanted to convey was definitely not one that I was living myself. I wanted people to use exercise to feel happy, to feel empowered. Um, and the same with their nutrition. And it just made me realize that I needed to get a grip. And so that December, I was away in New Zealand with my family for Christmas, uh, but that's when I messaged you. I inquired about doing a photo shoot because I was like, right, this is going to give me a goal to focus on. But if I give, quote unquote, I guess, the power of some to somebody else of controlling my nutrition, just tell me what to do and I'll follow. I'm quite good at being, you know, that robotic personality. Um, then that will allow me the headspace to work on the relationship with food because I don't need to make the decisions of how much to eat, when to eat. Someone else is telling me and I can work on everything else. And I guess it was just through those weekly check-ins of keeping myself accountable, of just being more aware of what I'm putting in my system to fuel my performance um, and a lot of personal work into where are these feelings coming from? Why do I feel like this about myself? Um, and in many ways, using bodybuilding as a tool to make me feel strong and empowered, you know, over time, I was able to, you know, to turn that around. And that's not to say that anyone with an eating disorder, you know, hire a coach and let them do that for you and you'll be fine. No, it took a lot of work, um, a lot of reading into mindfulness, mindful eating, uh, you know, using hunger and satiety scales, mood scales also to assess when when I'm eating, why I'm eating. Uh, and why I'm making certain food choices. Um, but yeah, just a lot of personal work that was facilitated through the support of obviously yourself as my coach and then also disclosing to other people how I felt. Um, and just with time, you know, time and practice, time and practice, time and practice, it's meant that coming out of prep last year into my off season, I was comfortable enough, you know, gaining weight. That feeling, that positive feeling that I had about myself didn't change even when you know, I had to gain whatever it was like 10, 11 kilos. Um, you know, I, I, the way I saw myself did not change at all. And as I say now, coming out of prep, it's keeping those things in place to make sure that regardless of what my body looks like, the way I feel about it is, you know, always going to be solid and positive. Um, I don't know if that answered the question fully, but... <laughs> oh, no, it, I think it, it did and then some. Like that... Mm -hmm. I remember you sort of telling me that story on the drive home and uh, from the finals, and I was just kind of like, I don't know that Clara. Like, yeah. I, 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 the, only, the only one I know is the one now that is in complete control of everything she does, everything that she eats. Um, mm -hmm. You know, food no longer has this massive role to play in regards to having this bind over no. you, your emotions. But I bet you there's some women out there that are just nodding along being like oh my god that's me that's, yeah. like, that's me right now and and look at where she is so for anyone listening I think if you're in that position would they be okay to reach out to you 
Oh, absolutely. And, you know, they wouldn't be the first to do so. And, you know, it's, it's a conversation that I'm more than happy to have. I think it's Amelia Thompson who talks about it a lot is this, the the idea that if you hold on to guilt and to shame, you know, that just it, it gives whatever you're feeling complete power. Whereas if you are happy to be open about it and just talk about these feelings and emotions, it removes that guilt and that shame, which is often what can be like what's holding you back essentially. Um, and so, yeah, if anyone wants to, to reach out, have a chat, um, I can't guarantee that I'm the best person to chat to, but I definitely would know who to point you towards or where, you know, where else you can find more information. Um, and even if that's just for you to tell someone for the first time, you know, I'm all ears and, you know, I'll definitely be there to listen and, you know, and provide you with any kind of support that you might need at that time. And I think the main thing is, you know, you said there you might not be the best person. I will say, well, the best person is different for someone, like person A than person B. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of um, what you spoke of is present in today's, not only bodybuilding world, but in today's society. But yeah. you talked a lot about the fact you didn't disclose it with others and I bet yeah. there's a ton of women out there that have not said boo to a goose about the, this topic and just simply by offloading it or having a chat about it you're instantly going yeah. to feel like that a little bit better and hence why part of the podcast today I did want you to share that uh -huh. journey so that any woman out there that you're an inspiration to and believe me there's many I get the messages uh -huh. right and um, can can see where you've come from and see yeah. that if, if they are there there is a hundred percent way out of it and a way oh, totally. and a way to literally flip it on its head do a mm -hmm. 180 yeah because you know if you were to think now like how in, how empowering does it feel now that you have complete control over that versus back then oh i mean it's it's night and day you can't compare it the fact that um, you know, many people talk about, you know, overeating and, and binging and they use that terminology very, very loosely. And I can't describe just the feeling of being able to have something that you would, I mean, I guess you term it unhealthy, like a pizza or an ice cream and whatnot, and not feel guilty and not feel disgusted at yourself the day after um, and not feel like, that's it, you've lost control, you know, I've fucked it again, um, I'm useless, I can't, you know, all this kind of negative self-chat, just the fact that you can now, or that I can now enjoy a meal out and then not feel anxious uh, because I feel like I'm going to go and binge or I want to go and binge, um, you know, it's just that ability, it's just so freeing, you know, when especially when you understand food and you understand how you react to food and how you relate to food. Now, not everyone has got a relationship with food, but when you do come from that sort of background, I guess, um, and you realize that, in fact, it's, you know, you have the ability to get yourself out of that situation in many ways um, if you're willing to, you know, to sort of face some really difficult emotions because they will come up. I mean, there's going to be a reason why you've ended up in the place you've ended up, uh, but it's not to say that you can't, get out of there you've just got to trust your yourself and have confidence that you can live without experiencing these feelings of guilt and shame um and yeah as i said it's difficult but it's worth every minute 
Um, and I'm going to say this now because I'm, I've just finished my show. I competed, you know, just over a week ago. Um, and this weekend, I definitely enjoyed my food. In fact, I messaged Vaughn yesterday because I woke up feeling excessively bloated, um, having, you know, overeaten over the weekend. But I said to him, you know, I feel really uncomfortable and really bloated, but it wasn't a binge because I didn't feel guilty at any point and I was still being mindful of what I was eating. Did I eat past my hunger cues? 100%. Was it delicious? 200%. <laughs> so it's just, you know, it's that ability to sort of free yourself from the, the negative voices inside your head, uh, but still be very aware of them. And again, having that support system around you, like a coach that you can message and say, actually, this happened, um, I feel really full, I don't feel great. Uh, but this is where my headspace is at. And for them to be able to just say, cool, thanks for letting me know. Let's just take it day by day. And that's what you really need a lot of the times. It's nothing, you know, it's it's no potion recipe. It's just a bit of support and someone who's going to listen to you. Um, so, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this point, but that's essentially it. No, yeah. I, think, I think you answered that pretty well because the feeling of guilt that many I'm just going to keep it in, in women's bodybuilding because that's w mm -hmm. what we're talking about, right? That bikini girls, figure girls feel post-show when eat a lot of food. Yeah. The feeling of guilt can be, like, incredible. And yeah. another here question we had for you was, um, they said, how did you deal with a post-show food and did you feel the need to binge? Now, you've probably answered that a lot, but yeah. if someone's asking you directly and they're saying, right, Clara, did you feel a need to binge? And if you did, you know, or how, how, sorry, did you feel a need to binge and how did you deal with that feeling? Uh, I mean, no, I didn't feel the need to binge at all. But what I did was quite a few weeks before knowing that I was going to be finishing, like as soon as I knew when prep would be over, I started to think about putting a plan in place for myself, at least for the first two days. Uh, now, this is called implementation intentions. Um, in psychology and all it is is just writing down a list of likely scenarios that might come up and saying if this happens this is what I'm going to do and sort of focusing on that um, so I knew that I would have days where I wanted to probably eat um, you know chocolate and whatnot but I knew that I probably wouldn't be hungry for it that it maybe wasn't a wise idea um, or that maybe it was worth waiting a little longer so writing for example if I want to buy the new uh, vegan Ben & Jerry's cookie dough flavor in the first week post-show, I'm just going to wait for two more weeks because I know that my calories still aren't going to be high enough to maybe allow for that comfortably to sit in my stomach. And instead, I'm going to buy a Halo Top, which tastes equally great um, and is going to satisfy, it's going to scratch that itch, if that makes sense. Uh, but also, I put a plan in place that I knew kind of what I wanted to have post-show um, I didn't buy any snacks. I didn't like stack the house with all sorts of junk, even though I did often walk into supermarkets and just wander about looking at all the different food aisles. <laughs> I didn't buy anything because I was like, I just want this now because I'm in a massive deficit. I'm on prep and I've not had it for so many weeks. But odds are, the minute that I'm not on prep, I'm just, I'm not even going to be interested in it. Um, so after the show, we got burgers and, you know, it was amazing, delicious, satisfied that. And the day after, I'd already planned what I was going to have for breakfast. I planned that I was going to go to the gym. 
just have a fun leg session just for myself you know do some cardio and I knew that I, after that I was going to go to my favorite coffee shop and have a donut and a coffee a milky coffee and it was just glorious and I planned to go out for dinner so it was just about knowing how I'd likely be feeling or sort of trying to preempt it um, and then just putting small things in place to make sure that I didn't necessarily go overboard but that I still enjoyed myself um, and more often than not like the things that you crave during prep are not things that you eat normally. I'm pretty sure Erin said this on the podcast with you that you recorded, was that go back to eating as, as you would before, like before starting prep, you'd never sit and smash through 10 packets of crisps, five packets of biscuits. You just wouldn't do it. Um, so trying to remind yourself of what you used to eat like and keeping it as similar to what it is during prep, just a bit more food, with a few extra things here and there, it's just going to make it more sustainable for you. And it's going to keep you, I mean, you know, your body's going to feel crap if you feed it crap. I mean, I've had a headache for the last three days just from eating way too much sugar, just because I'm not used to it. And to be honest, it was delicious, but I just don't want to feel like I've got a headache. Um, so yeah, my best advice for anyone kind of not struggling with post-show, but sort of not really knowing how to navigate it is have a plan in place, you know, write it down, tell other people, share your feelings with other people. I find that if I'm starting to get a bit like, oh, I'm really craving chocolate, but I know it's probably not the best. I've already eaten enough for the day. I'm not actually hungry for it. If I voice it out loud, text a friend or tell my partner, um, then it's it, I've said it and it sort of removes the the risk of potentially going to the shops them not knowing how I feel me buying a few snacks and you know rubbing it off like oh yeah I can have this now and then it actually feels like a binge do you know what I mean so voice it out loud write it down and put a plan in place is my best advice yeah I, I love that and like for me I know that I'm, I'm, I'm a different creature than a lot of people <laughs> I just couldn't wait, I, you know, when I was hungry, I was like, I'm going to have more oats and whey because oats and whey is brilliant. <laughs> or I'm going to eat more potatoes because potatoes are cool and that sounds so shit. But I think once you've done it once, because the op- I, I did it, what you just described, I did that the first time I competed and I'm sure, like, that doesn't give people the green light to do it the first time they do it, but no. we know that it happens quite a bit. So, yeah. in, in knowing that, and, and this is what I do with... Um, God, I'm doing it with Anthony right now. I was like, Anthony, if you get hungry, like have more oats and whey. Have another like something that, of that, yeah. that won't give you like you experienced a, mm. a fucking massive headache, or like you can't get off the toilet for an hour because you smashed some milk or some chocolate that's went yeah. right through you. Yeah. Um, but too often it can happen both in the the male side of bodybuilding and the female side of things that yeah. And and I've heard this this year. They're like, oh, I just I needed to have a few binges, and I go. Well, no, you didn't need to have no. it. You just decided you were having it. So Yeah, I th- and I also think, sorry to interrupt there, that there's no shame in, you know, going overboard with your calories. There's no shame in feeling like you can't stop eating because you have just put your body through, like, something really extreme. And your body's not programmed to be lean, to be on a stage. Your body doesn't give a fuck. For all it knows, there's, you know, a famine going out there and there's no food around. And the minute you start feeding it, it's like, holy crap, we need to stack up on these calories, on this fat. Therefore, I'm going to keep you going even past your feeling of fullness. And so there's no shame 
in like if a binge does happen if you do eat overboard like there's nothing wrong with it but it's being aware of it and being aware of how you're feeling throughout it how you feel after and letting somebody know because you know then that's what gives you that ability to assess what's what's happening you know and if something problematic is going to arise to sort of just nip it in the bud immediately yeah yeah wicked now i'm just going to ask you one other question uh, we got asked which i already know the answer to this uh-huh. and, and it was how did you deal with if any sort of negative external views uh, or comments you know on on competing or the lifestyle of competing uh, you know, from people that didn't understand, and I know that some mm. other female guests have maybe said how they've dealt with it, but everyone has their their own views. No. So I'm just going to ask you the the same question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the main reason people perhaps have a negative view of bodybuilding is because they don't understand it. Um, they might not understand the motives behind why you're choosing to compete. They might not. They just might not get it. They they'll just see you getting skinnier and skinnier depriving yourself of food like my dad for example he just does not understand it at all he doesn't get it um which is fair it's you know perfectly normal I don't expect him to understand why I put myself through something like that when he's seen me go through an actual eating disorder um and so for other people it's just the way I deal with it it's just explaining to them that it's something personal explaining to them why I enjoy bodybuilding why I want to challenge myself by competing um explain to them what i personally um feel like i gain out of the bodybuilding experience and just making it quite personal to me because if they see that i get a lot of fulfillment from the experience then that's gonna tell them also how to support me in the journey uh, same with my partner he has zero interest in bodybuilding doesn't get it doesn't understand it doesn't particularly enjoy the look he you know when i'm super lean to him it's just skinny um which is fine you know it's uh, i don't expect him to to be super into it and like i you know i know i look skinny when i am lean because you are just that lean and i think it's just yeah just about explaining to to people why why you do it what it brings to you um and if they love you you know they'll support you and if they don't want to support you then just bye-bye i'm sorry but i just don't have time for you i genuinely it's it's happened to me quite a lot with people that just have either questioned my life choices my food choices um my willingness to diet and exercise in the past and it just comes to a point where you just have to say you know what if you're not gonna even try and understand it if you're not gonna support me kind of unconditionally then you've got no business in my life i don't really have time for you um especially during a dieting phase where your energy is as limited as it is for the people that you love and care for let alone for some stranger who's only got negativity um to spread that you know it's, it's just not even worth it but speaking of strangers in that way equally there's been so many people that i've met throughout the prep that from going from being strangers have become really really close friends of you know extra support um and people that i know that are cheering there for me so as long as you're being transparent with your reasons and portraying yourself as who you are, say for example on social media, like I've um, sort of kept highlights of, of my prep, documented quite a lot of it, just because I wanted people to see what it what it entails, what it takes, especially for someone like me who's not like 
Insta famous or anything like that. I'm just like some random, not some random person, but just another person who's into bodybuilding and who's really passionate about it. Um, and the amount of connections I've made through that of people who perhaps would never go into bodybuilding, but now they understand my motives and they can sort of see what it takes. Um, and they've been there to support me. So it's, yeah, just as long as you're being yourself and sharing your journey in the most honest way possible, those who want to support you will support you and those who don't um as you say can get in the bin (laughs) (laughs) yes yes that is a fucking great plug (laughs) oh man i'm glad you you're the first person that said it on this podcast (laughs) brilliant now i was i was like buzzing to chip in there um because you're not skinny when you get like you've got a fair bit of tissue about you um, yeah 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 but for someone who doesn't understand bodybuilding they'll just see like you know, either complete shreds or like just a person getting smaller and smaller and smaller, especially with like clothes and whatnot where you're not flexing and you don't have a carb pump. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but listen, that was, I just thought that was the perfect question to ask a psychologist. Like, (laughs) literally, if you're not going to support me, just get the fuck, really. and, and, And like that is why we work together because we're very sort of similar mindset in that mm. sense and I think that anyone out there like please just listen to what Clara just said that if someone is not bringing you positivity any joy or value into your life get them to, get them out of it because they're, they're not worth it um, no it totally isn't and like you know you either have to have people that you know in life it's like you're either in in the way or on the way essentially and if something or if something being your self-talk people in your life if they're in the way you just need to get rid of it you know one way or another just find something that's going to work for you if you're constantly telling yourself i'm not good enough i'm not good enough and i can say that because i always say that to myself it's how do i get rid of those thoughts what can i replace them with that is going to facilitate me or be on the journey with me rather than like as a roadblock in the middle um, and as I said that can be your own self-talk you can be a bigger self-doubter or it can be other people in and around your life um, so it's really important to kind of do that self-assessment um, especially going into a prep but just you know general life advice um, especially as you get older you don't need quantity you want quality yeah. so yeah yeah 100% now I'm aware of the time but I'm going to ask you one thing um, and mm-hmm. specifically for other bikini girls out there and they're maybe listening um one thing we actually didn't say is you dropped the you dropped the bomb that you're a vegan and you didn't tell anyone uh, we didn't mention that at the start of the, the episode so no. <laughs> if anyone out there's thinking oh I'm, I'm a vegan can i do a prep well yeah go look at clara she's a pro but you mentioned a while back in the episode uh, mm-hmm. that we put on a we put 11 kilos on you from yeah. from stage weight right and some girls are thinking out there holy fucking shit that's like you know over 20 pounds that's that's like almost two stone um but i mean from my perspective i always say it's absolutely fucking necessary and you're an example look at you like from last year to this year and you're now a pro Mm -hmm. but for those girls out there that they were maybe sort of like struggling with that thought process of gaining weight Mm -hmm. how did you deal with it um by just shifting the focus because for me my goal of your goal when you come out of a prep going into an off season shouldn't be oh i want to hold on to the shreds it should very much you know work do whatever you need to do to flip that switch and focus on getting strong and 
one of the main reasons I love bodybuilding so much, especially as a female, as a very short female, <laughs> I must note, um, is that I find it so, so empowering to go into the gym and being able to move weights that some guys in there aren't even shifting. And when you start looking at your body as this incredible, I guess, machine or tool that is enabling you to get strong as fuck, essentially, then you just look at food and you're like, yes, I need this. I need to gain weight because I need to get stronger because I want to gain muscle. But even if gaining muscle isn't isn't your goal, that feeling of, of feeling strong and seeing yourself getting stronger every week, it just removes any kind of doubt you have about your body image. Um, you know, again, it's about telling yourself, no, 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 my body is this amazing thing that's that's this strong. Like I have all these incredible qualities. I'm not just a shape, a size. It doesn't matter what I look like right now. It's about what am I enabling myself to do? And if you work again, it's not going to happen overnight. If you sort of have this body image issue, it's going to take a lot of work. Uh, you know, don't discount that. But if you constantly remind yourself of using food as as a fuel to achieve this the strength goal, to achieve this incredible you know, gorgeous physique with like curves that can move weight, um, that can feel really empowered, then, you know, don't, you can't be afraid of the scale. You can't be afraid of food. If you're afraid of food, choose food that tastes better. You know, trust me, if you're having cocoa bobs, bagels and jam, you, you can't, you're not going to be scared of it if you enjoy it, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> and if it's something that you can look forward to, then, then go for it. And yeah, it's not, there'll come a point, especially at the peak of your bulk where you're like right okay I can see that I've gained some weight um but even then you're going to be so strong at that point and you you're going to be moving all this weight and your body's just going to be functioning incredibly well um that you just need to be grateful for it grateful for for what it does for you and learn how to detach from that self-image you're not the way you look um even though bodybuilding does sort of perpetuate that you need to be very, very sure of your own personal worth as a human, um, regardless of your food choices, regardless of your, you know, image in the exterior world. And when you get that solid, it won't matter what phase of weight gain, weight loss you're at, because your self-worth will be unshakable, essentially. Um, So my best advice is embrace the journey, change your focus, um, if you don't want to look at the scales, that's cool. Just look at the numbers in your logbook um, and trust that. And trust that whenever you do decide to diet again, if you do decide to diet again, um, that you'll have a completely different body shape, uh, one that you can be extremely proud of. Um, but equally, you should be proud of whatever you're doing in the gym, outside of the gym. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I love is that throughout this whole episode, like all the psychology is coming through. Like we talk about bodybuilding, then at the very end, you know, there'll be that thrown in. But I think that this is why this will be so valuable for mm-hmm. wh- whether it's bikini girls listening, whether it's aspiring athletes, or um, I know some women that are just gen pop that think you are yeah. the fucking the bee's knees. So they'll all <laughs> love that. But if they don't know how to contact you and they're like, oh, but I want to talk to Clara. Um, could you just give the listeners a look, you know, some info of how they can do that, your Instagram handle? Yeah. Um, so as I said before, if you want to get in touch, I'm so open to receiving messages. Like I'm more than happy to chat and I'll give you the time of the day. Uh, my Instagram handle is 
Clarita, so C-L-A-R-I-T-A-S-W. Um, if not, you can like probably go onto Vaughn's Instagram page and there'll be a photo of me there that I'm tagged in, so you can just find me through there. Uh, but no, as, as I said earlier, feel free to message me at any point um, just through there, and uh, you know, I'd love to hear from you for sure. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to apologise for the Clara spam that is on, <laughs> is on my page. Um, because our achievements uh, are not only inspiring for you guys, but f- as a coach to be able to watch not only your sort of physical transformation but mental as well mm-hmm. um, is nothing short of fucking amazing to be part of. And Clara always bangs on about you know she's like, oh, Vaughn, I'm so thankful you're my coach. And I go, no, 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 no. I'm grateful for the fact that I was able to coach you. And uh, as I said, sitting there, um, I still remember. Um, or I'll always remember it sitting at that finals and yeah. I, I trained legs with Carl the day before um, slept on his couch I'd driven like five hours to get there another two hours to get there and I was fucking knackered right <laughs> and I was just sitting there like and you were the you know they, they announced fourth fifth they announced fourth then they're like give us the backstage you know you've got your pro card I was just sitting there like hand at the back of my head and I was like this is all fucking worth it I was it's like, just happening. I yeah. was like, eight weeks of check-ins, blah, blah, blah. Like, but not only that, it was 91 weeks of check-ins. That's what people didn't yeah. see, right? It wasn't the eight weeks that I've, I've been banging on about. It was the 91 fucking weeks. Um, totally. totally. That was amazing. So if anyone um, is out there, please use Clara as your inspiration for whether it's to achieve you know, your mental goals, physical goals, um, overcome relationships with food, or just a fucking someone to look up to 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 aspire to from everything you've done and i know that the next time we step on stage you're just going to look even more fucking sick so it'll be class so listen from video physique we thank you for coming on and i think anyone listening you know i speak for both me and clara when i say that whatever you are whoever you are and whatever you're doing give it the beans